Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Sierra. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good to good, see good. you. Thank you so much for setting this up so quickly. When I saw the date pop up, I was like, yes. I know, I was like, um, I gotta get this done. Yes, indeed. I'm so excited to chat with you. I know we had like, I think this is when you were still cheering that we'd reached out and talked about potentially doing an episode about switching teams and whatnot, but I'm so glad I finally get to meet you. Welcome I to Cheerleading Podcast. How's yeah. your day been? Pretty good. Good. Yeah, today was busy. So I was like, um, looking forward to this the whole day. So I'm happy oh. to be here. Well, thank you for making time. So there's just so much that I want to get into. Yeah, go let's just it. go for it. Let's yeah. just go. Awesome. Yeah. So everybody, I have Sierra Martinez here. She is a former let's just say Oakland Raiderette, because this was in the time that they were in Oakland, and yeah. you also danced for the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders, mm-hmm. and now you have this fabulous business that I cannot wait to get more into, Mojita Mommy. I don't want to sound like I have an accent here, because I totally don't. How do you <laughs> say it? Let me hear how you Yeah, Mojita business. Mommy. Uh-huh. See, I thought I would be doing too much if I said Mojita, like, you know, trying to do the extras, no, you got it. Well, he it. <laughs> I love it. But we're going to get into your business. I just think I'm obsessed with your Instagram, just all of your styles with your swimsuits and traveling. So we'll get to that. But welcome to the show again. And I love to get started with just hearing about your experience. So you're originally from the Bay Area. Is that right? Well, I'm from Sacramento. So it depends. Okay. Some people consider that the Bay Area. It's like Northern California. Um, but we, when you're there, they don't really include it. So. Oh, interesting. I didn't know Sacramento. there was a little bit of, uh, not segregation, what's the word I'm looking for? I didn't know they were so particular about the little nooks in Northern California. They really are. Like when you're actually there, it's not really considered a part of that Bay Area because we're about an hour out. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that makes some sense. But uh, so tell us how you approached Becoming an NFL cheerleader and how that process went for you and when we'll get into transitioning and moving to the opposite coast. But let's hear about your experience with the Raiderettes first. Yeah, so I was actually dancing at a community college back home. Um, I was dancing on the team and I had a teammate who was interesting in doing NBA. She did the Sacramento Kings audition and she made it really really far like I think she made it all the way to the finals and then she got cut and she was very determined after that to like train and make it again so we were on the team together and we were dancing and she's like hey I'm training for the next audition and I want to go to basically like a mock audition like it was a real audition but she was using it kind of just for training purposes yeah Mm -hmm. so she's like yeah would you be down to like come to Oakland with me and like audition but like just for fun and I'm like yeah like that sounds like you know fun so literally (laughs) I registered with her for prelims and it was crazy because I was just there for support like for her 
and wow. I ended up making it to finals and she didn't. And I, I we were both just kind of like shocked. We were just like, what just happened? And she, yeah. Yeah. She's like, you have to do it. Oh my gosh. You have to do it. And I was like, well, I was just here for you, you know, kind of like helping you get ready and just, you know, so you're not here by yourself because we did have to drive like an hour and a half to do the audition. And she's like, well, I think you should just see what happens. And she's like, this might be great. So I was like, okay. So literally that's how I ended up making the team. And I came back for finals. This was my first time. So I never had auditioned before for any pro team. I never even thought I wanted to, cause that wasn't something that I just didn't think about that. So mm-hmm. literally I made the team um, and it was crazy because it was my first, like, I, it was just so bl- out of the blue. Like it was my first time. I'm like, Oh, now I'm fresh and she like, how did this happen? And I was like shocked. Like I was into pageants back then. So I was like super busy with pageantry oh. and I was more so focused on the pageant world. I wanted to go all the way with pageants and being an NFL cheerleader just kind of changed my path. I, I ended up loving it like so much and that's how I got started. So I did two yeah. years. Yeah, okay. I did two years with them, two consecutive years. And it was like the best time. Like I met the the girls that I feel like would be in my life for a long time. Like girls that would be in my wedding, that would be like aunties to my kids. Like it yeah. was the best experience. We had such a close knit group with that team. Everyone was so close. We even had like a carpool group, which I mean, six of us drove all the way from Sacramento to Oakland every week. So we just became so close, like sisters. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. We're spending that much time together for sure. Yeah. So I have to ask because this was something that you weren't really anticipating. We know like once you make the team, it's like crash course. Welcome to the world of crazy uh, with the commitment. And like you said, all the driving. So how did you managed to adjust to that, especially so quickly when you weren't really anticipating making a team. I would say the vets, there was like a handful of vets who were on the team for about four years or three years that were commuting from Sacramento. So they just like threw me in a carpool and they're like, all right, this is our schedule. Like we get to the, you know, carpool this time. And in the carpool, I would watch how they would prepare themselves. Some girls were tired from work. So they take naps. Some girls went over choreography in their head in the Mm -hmm. car some girls you know finished their hair and makeup so I would basically just be a sponge and like learn from my vets and see like all what they're doing um we would get to practice and I would just kind of like see like you you basically learn so fast because you're watching on kind of what the expectation is and so I knew every day I had to know the choreography I had to you know find time even though I worked when I went to school I had to find time. So I remember sneaking in the bathroom, going over choreo, doing my makeup in between like things that I was doing throughout the day. Like, okay, I'm putting my lashes on now. Okay, now I'm going to do the rest of my face. So it was like, you literally just learn to balance out your life and squeeze it in. And it's hard. Like any girl who commutes, I understand the pain because we're spending three and a half hours at practice or three hours at practice. And then we're spending three hours in a car And then we have to go home and sleep and wake up and do it the next day. And um, a lot of us obviously have other things going on. So it's hard, but you just use the strength of your sisters to kind of help guide you. And Mm -hmm. um, you'll get through it with them. You'll get through it. That's such a good point. And I love the idea of carpooling because I know with girls that were on our team, 
that would be driving from like Olympia, like two hours away. And so I'm thinking with these late practices, when you're exhausted because you've just been dancing your butt off, you're tired. Lord knows what else you did for the day with work or what have you. And just being on the road for long periods of time when you're tired is, you know, it could be a little unsafe. So I like the idea of people carpooling together and at least having each other's back, you know, because those are road trips, essentially. Yeah. Kind of. No. Well, that's great. So tell me about the move to Miami. Was this something that was geared towards making the team as a Miami Dolphins cheerleader? Or was there something else that was drawing you to the Miami area? So definitely drawn to the area. Since I never saw myself in that pro area, I never really had like a dream team. I know it's different when you're looking for, you're scouting, you know, for a team, you're seeing what style may may fit you. I never had that like opportunity since I didn't really know that this is something I was going to be doing. So once I became a Raiderette, I feel like I really embodied their style and just the, the era of the Oakland Raiders. Like I loved every second of it. As everyone knows, they transferred to Vegas, so they have moved. Um, At the end of my season, my second season, there was a lot of things going on in the air where they didn't know if they were going to be back. We actually didn't have a contract with the stadium for the following year. So a lot of us didn't really know if we were going to have, you know, jobs or what was going to happen. Like if the new stadium was going to be ready, we didn't know. So at the end of the year, I just remember feeling like this feeling of, I'm not sure. And... I don't like things like that. Like, I don't like feeling like I don't have a plan or I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. And our coach was very open to us about it. She was honest and she said, look, you guys, I don't even know. You know, I can't give you guys answers. All I can do is tell you as soon as I know, I will let you guys know. So Mm -hmm. that was how we ended it in our season. And I remember thinking like, all right, Sierra, you have to figure out what's best for you. And what do you want? Like, what do you want in life? Like what's happening in your life right now? And, you know, what's your next step? And so I had a really good job that I loved. I had a really good everything. Like I had a good apartment. My teammates were awesome. My team was great. But I felt like I wasn't pushing myself enough. And that's what kind of drawn me to making the decision to move. Because I said, okay, listen, even if the team comes back, they only have maybe one season left here. And then I would literally have to move to Vegas. So I'm going to be having to move anyway. So I, I asked myself, literally, like, where do you want to go? And I was thinking, well, what do you want to do? And I've always, always, always wanted to be in design somehow. Um, when I was younger, I used to draw swimsuits, gowns, um, which is kind of why how I ended up in pageants, because I would draw, like, really extravagant gowns. Like, even when I watched, like, Disney princesses, I would draw and copy their gowns. So I loved design, but I never went to school for design, and I never really tapped into that and so I was like well never never so I was like I always wanted to like kind of fulfill that little dream like you know there's always these things that you want to do and you never have like the opportunity to do it and you're like okay I got to do it finally so it's like it was like a hidden secret in me that I was like I got to get this out or do something about this so at the end of the season I was looking into teams that were in places where I felt like a business like that would thrive. And the only two places I could think of were like LA, Miami, New York, like one, two, three, <laughs> like yep. LA, yep. Miami, New York. I knew New York. I couldn't do it. It's too cold. Like, I just can't, it's too cold. Yeah. Like there's no way around it. I was just like, eh, that's out. So I scratched <laughs> it off immediately. And I started looking into LA. LA is very close. Sacramento is like a five, six hour drive. So I'm like, that's mm-hmm. doable. 
And then Miami is across the country. So it was like, okay, which one? So actually I decided, like I wrote down, it sounds crazy, but I wrote down pros and cons. What, what do you like in your life? What do you don't like in your life? I literally put down everything I liked in my life. And I was like, how am I going to get this in a different place? I still want to cheer. I still want to work out of school and teach with the kids. I still, I still want to do this. I still want to do that. And I want to start my business. So I wrote down everything I wanted. And I looked in those cities, those two cities, because those are the cities that I was drawn to. I was going to try out for an LA team and Mm -hmm. the Dolphins. The LA team that I was looking at was the Chargers. And the reason why I was looking at the Chargers is because I went to a Charger game in person that year and I loved it. Like I, I loved the crowd. I was in the crowd, but I just loved the crowd. I went by myself too. That's crazy. Another story. I went by myself. And okay. so that was, that was a super fun experience. And I saw the girls and I saw the coaches and I just loved everything about the game. So I was like, I'm going to try that team. And so I went to register and their audition was in May that year. And the Miami Dolphins was in April. So I was more actually more drawn to the Charger girls, actually. But Jess, she was a Pro Bowl cheerleader, I think, in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Jess, Mm -hmm. um, she was like one of the only girls I knew from Dolphins. And I kind of like told her like, yeah, I registered for, you know, auditions and she's like what like oh my god like when she found out she's like really you have to do it and like after kind of I told her she was like getting me kind of excited for it and I was like, really? it, yeah. like you gotta do it like oh my god you have to and I'm like okay so I went to Miami for a cruise it was like a vacation a cruise and it happened to fall on the same dates of auditions for dolphins so that was in April and I was like okay I'm gonna go on my cruise and have a great time I'm gonna do this audition if I make it, okay, I don't really know, but I'm kind of going to practice or like use this to kind of see and then go back home next month and try to really make the, you know, the LA team. That didn't happen. <laughs> I get there. I audition for prelims. <laughs> and it's so crazy because like all the coaches love me, like all the judges, they loved it. It was such an overwhelming feeling of like, they really liked my performance. They really liked my personality. And I never felt like that at an audition before, like not even with the Raiders, like they were coming up to me. Like it was just so overwhelming. And I was like, it was oh like a gosh. homecoming like, almost, like welcoming yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, am I supposed awesome. to be here? Like, is this, am I supposed to be, you know how things just happen? You just have to go yeah. with it. That's literally what happened. So I ended up moving there a week later, a week later. I, I packed a, my boss was like, Sierra, are you sure? Cause you, you know, she, my boss, like really, she was a principal for a few years and she was kind of training me under her. And we spoke a lot about my goals and she was just like, you didn't seem like a person that would just get up and do something like this. And like, you seem very planned out you're very thorough and she was just kind of like you sure you know and I was just like man I gotta go for it like it just had this really good feeling about it like I said the coaches were really you know excited to have me and it just kind of shifted my mindset because sometimes Mm -hmm. we're so focused on controlling every situation and fighting so hard for our dreams and fighting so hard and we just have to let sometimes those blessings come to us Honestly, that's what Miami felt like. It felt like I was supposed to go there and everything happens for a reason. So I was like, I'm moving to Miami. Uh, A week later, 
I gave my boss a week notice, not even a traditional. Was she she was crushed? hurt. She loves me so yeah. much. She's always like, if you ever come back home, you have a job with me. She had a daughter my age and she took me under her wing a lot. Like she really mentored me really well. So she was saying like, she wanted to support me and my decision. And uh, she mm-hmm. saw a lot of her daughter in me. So she's like, you know, I would definitely tell my daughter to do it. So do it. So I did it. And I was like, thank you so much. So I finished my week. I cried. My kids, I was teaching at a school. So my kids cried. We all cried together. I feel like I had no time to like prep myself for a big across the country move. I packed up my car, my small, like compact four-door car, put whatever I could. And actually when you ship your car, they don't allow you to like fill it up. There's like certain, yeah. There's like rules. So I only could put what's in, what fit in the trunk, literally just the trunk. That's all I had. I was like, oh my God, that's all. I had the trunk and that's it. Shipped the car and stayed with a friend that was down here in Miami for the first week and a half. And ever since then, I was like on my own. A lot of the girls from the team hosted me for the first couple of months. Like first, I think for for Dolphins, for training camp, you don't actually make the team until the regular season starts. Oh, so even preseason? Nope. Preseason, you're not. Well, training camp seems so like lightweight, that harder than ECC. Yeah. Like I just remember reading about, or like we talked about it early on when the podcast started of just how elaborate and hardcore it seemed. I didn't know what dragged into preseason too though yeah it was a lot we have two contracts you get one in the beginning and then you start your new contract at the beginning of preseason so you have your like um tentative contract for training camp and then you get your you're on the team contract once the regular season starts and they make their final cuts after the second um preseason game wow pressure's on i know so early on in my career my career, but when a couple early years of um, dancing for the Seahawks, they did make cuts in preseason. They kind of stopped doing that, but I remember that feeling rookie year and even the next year that I was on the team where, you know, you think you're home free, but the preseason games, they would make certain decisions sometimes. And it's so much pressure. But that's a lot of pressure. You're like on the field and you can get cut still. And it's like scary. Like it's, it's scary. And at that point, you've like tasted it. You've actually had yeah. the experience. You, you're wearing the uniform. To have it removed from you in that kind of a way would have to be like the worst pain. Oh, I could just kind of feel it in my chest. But I love your story and the theme already of just like how you make these teams, your approach to, like you said, just being not really clutching onto the steering wheel to drive and control what happens in your path. Um, but I'm going to ask you something because I know that, you know, People have their perception of NFL cheerleaders and you are balancing, like you said, you had a successful job that you loved and all of these things. Did you get a lot of people who were like, you're doing all this so that you can be an NFL cheerleader in a different market? Like they mm-hmm. don't even pay you. Like, was there a lot of that kind of talk um, in terms of people who are in your circle or just, or anybody that really was kind of <laughs> somewhat trying to understand why you would make a decision based around that? Yeah. And you know, what's crazy about, I just feel like I have the best like timing because when I made the dolphins, they went dark. I don't know if you remember this, but they had like a blackout on social media, which is basically like, it was a secret. They did not announce who made it to training camp. Like they never posted. It wasn't online. We couldn't talk about it until we made the team. So it was not public. It was never publicly from April 
to the day that they announced the team, we could not post anything about it. So for all those months, I couldn't even post about it. So it really was kind of like a big secret. And the reason why they did that is because that was the year that they rebranded the team. And so they didn't want to announce that they changed the uniform, changed the look, changed the brand, changed the logo until they had their final girls, which was at the end of preseason, which was like beginning of September. So from April to September, it was like, nobody knew what I was doing. Everybody was like, where is Sierra? And I'm like, I'm in Miami. They're like, what are you doing? I moved here for what? Oh, I got a job. What kind of job? A good one. Like I kind of kept it brief, you know? Really? Yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of just kind of told them like, I'm in Miami trying to figure things out. And I was like, I didn't lie, but I couldn't necessarily say I'm in training camp for the Dolphins. Of course, my close family and friends knew maybe like two or three friends and my family, but mm-hmm. like there's friends that I consider myself very close to it and they didn't know what I was truly doing here. A lot of my teammates from Raiderettes didn't know. And they were just like, what you did this? Like until the day that they announced the team is the day that I got to finally tell everyone. So a lot of people couldn't really give me that kind of feedback because they didn't know. But also I did get some questions from some people just basically like who were in that experience with me. I was one of two girls who moved from a different state that year, two rookies. And Mm -hmm. they were kind of like, wow, you you moved all the way here for this? You know, you really wanted to be on this team and you came from another team and like, why? And I was just Mm -hmm. like, I know that there's something bigger coming and I can feel it and everything that I've been fighting for is kind of happening with almost ease too much where I was like, this is weird, you know? So I had to just step in that faith and just like, go for it. So if anyone ever did, you know, question me, I would just kind of explain to them, you know, what I'm explaining now is like things happen for a reason and you can't be afraid to let go. Like, yes, I had a really great job and a really great team, but Mm -hmm. I also have a really great team here, you know, and then a a even better job now here. And um, now I have a business and now I have friends in Miami. Like it's just adding value it's adding more value and not to take away from what I had before but just adding more value all around wow I mean so I know that you had a unique path and this wasn't like mapped out to the T but I think that's probably like the most beautiful message in all of this is it's that's not how everything works all the time and there's also it can even work more to your benefit to just be open to what comes to you but yeah but do you have any advice for people who you know in this virtual space are thinking about how do you prepare to audition for multiple teams potentially, you know, taking advantage of the virtual auditions landscape and then yeah. kind of pick up your life and go like any words of advice as to how to approach all that? Cause I know it does create a lot of stress and a lot of uncertainty and unknowns. Yes. What would you say? Yes. You're going to be uncomfortable for a little bit. It's going to be unfamiliar territory, whatever change it's always uncomfortable for a little bit, but One thing that helped me is what I kind of mentioned earlier. I wrote down everything that makes me happy. So when I was applying for jobs in Miami, which took a while, the Mm -hmm. economy was different here. The pay was different. Obviously, like the price of everything is different here versus California. It's Mm -hmm. a little cheaper. So you got to take everything in consideration and just kind of map out things that make you happy. What makes you happy on a day-to-day basis? And I said, hey, no, this, having this, having my own space you know, having opportunity to give back to the kids every day. That is what is going to get me through the hard times. So I would put myself in 
certain situations to try to, you know, accommodate what I would need to balance out the stress, to balance out if I would get a little bit of anxiety, like before practice or, you know, certain things. So if you're planning on or thinking about moving to another state, I would say definitely take the risk, but also create the life that you want. You can create any life based on your actions and how you, you know, move. So if you want to move to anywhere, Texas, and you love to do certain things, make sure that that place has those opportunities for you as well. And the biggest thing is the people that you're going to miss. Like you're going to miss having certain family members, certain access to certain people that you're used to. And that's something that's irreplaceable. You won't get that same, those same people or that same experience of, oh, I'm just going to drive to my aunt's house tonight for dinner. But you do have to keep an open mind. Like you're going to meet so many different people and you have to keep that like adding value. I always say that add value, like different people are going to add value to me. So maybe you'll do a Friendsgiving this year. You don't get to go home because you have cheer practice, you know, football Mm -hmm. is always on on Thanksgiving. And that was hard for me not being home for Thanksgiving or Christmas because of football. But I had my family down here, which is basically like friends that I met and people that are really supportive. So I would say take advantage of the virtual. I would love, like, honestly, if I was still auditioning, I would, I'd audition everywhere. Like, I'd be like, let me see, let me see. Like, I just want to see. Who's going to take me? Who's going to take me? <laughs> I'm like, send a video. I'm like, let me send my video to everyone and just see what reaction I get. And that's so crazy that everyone has that opportunity. And it's in the comfort of your own home. Like, gosh, I remember, like, just imagine going across the country and auditioning and you don't know anyone and you're uncomfortable. Like, you guys have so much, like, oh, like, I wish, I wish, like, I wish I was just going on, like, some fluke stuff. And now it's like you have the opportunity to actually stop your video and redo it. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know there's pros and cons, but take Take advantage, advantage. right? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a once in a lifetime type of situation. And a couple teams I've seen are like going back to like traditional. So like, this is probably the last year that they can really like explore different states, like go for Mm -hmm. it. Don't even hesitate. Even if it's you're in the NBA, you want to do NFL, you're in the NFL, you want to do the NBA, like go for the a different league. Like this is crazy how much access we have right now. Exactly. That's super exciting and invigorating. Like take advantage of it. Like absolutely take advantage of it because it's, it is, it is flipping back, like you said, to more in person. And it's just a a great way to explore what's out there for you. So then let's talk about your life after cheerleading. What made you decide to retire? Was it everything coming together with your business? If it's intermingled or was it separate? Yeah, so I actually launched my business in the middle of the season or kind of like towards the end of the season at Dolphins. I actually was injured for a long time. I got injured in training camp and I got re-injured in the season for Dolphins. So I had tears, two two different kinds of tears on my hamstring and they were very say, it had to be your hamstring, huh? They were very deep tears. I got hurt doing kick line and um much like DCC Dolphins have a jump split kick line that they do twice in a game and that's something that I was not used to doing. Yeah, they do it twice in a game. That's something I wasn't used to when I when I was on the Raiders. We did a small kick line, but we didn't do a jump split. So just the the level of like skill was different. 
for different mm-hmm. things. It doesn't mean that yeah. one team was easier or harder. It's just, it was just a different style. And so my legs were just like done. So it was actually my injuries that made the decision. And I never publicly have said that um, just because I was so sensitive to it. Like it, it was something yeah. that just like took me a very long time to recover. I was in physical therapy the whole entire season. So um, that was basically the reason why. And I never really saw that coming. So back mm-hmm. to the unexpected, but you have to trust. You have to trust like yeah, what's meant for you will be for you. And I honestly felt like at the time it was like, Sierra, you, you took a big leap and you, you're doing well, but you need to rest your body and you need to focus on your body and your mind. And at that point, I had to stop and listen. And so I could have mm-hmm. tried to train and, re you know re-audition or join another team it was just a moment of stillness that I needed and it helped me focus on the business because I did launch the business while still on dolphins and it helped me be able to have the time and you know the mental mindset and be strong in in the mind because an injury can really discourage you as a cheerleader and a dancer Um, especially if it's preventing you from being on the field or being at the level where you're used to being. So I was struggling with confidence. I was struggling with questioning, you know, my own dance ability and things like that, like things that I've never experienced before. So coming out of that was like almost liberating. And it was like, I'm on fire. Like, I'm going to kill this business. I'm going to kill it out here in Miami. Like, I knew I wasn't going back. I was like, I'm not going home. So uh-huh what am I doing here? And I just kind of like went full throttle. And um, I got a really great job teaching dance at a high school down here in Miami. And um, I just love what I do. Like I love being here. I love working on the swimsuits. I love being like an entrepreneur. I love having a career after. Yeah. And I just recently told one of my one of my old teammates in Raiderette, she's like, I think she's in her fifth season. I just told her because she kind of took a um, hiatus off of Instagram and I and then I saw her swimsuit picture pop up on the Raiderettes and I said you better get back on Instagram get your butt back because I told her I said I know it's your fifth year and you know five's a long time that means it's coming to an end soon girls yeah. who are in cheer now you have to start working on your brand you have to start working on what's next while you're there because yeah. now you're relevant now you're a cheerleader and when you get out, it's almost like your life completely changes. If you don't keep something going, if you don't keep that busy momentum that you've been used to for five years and you just stop, yeah, a lot of girls like lose it or they get you know a little bit of depression or they don't really know what to do in their career choice or they get sad. And that's why they get off Instagram too. Like a lot of girls I know that retire, they don't get on Instagram because they don't want to see it. Like they, they miss it. Yeah, they don't want to watch it. it. Exactly, exactly. Right. So I just, I encourage everyone who's still on a team to like work on your craft and think about what you want to do after and try to start doing some of that now. Mm-hmm. That's great advice, especially if you're still auditioning and you haven't decided that you're going to retire. Sometimes that decision comes. It could be like, like you experienced with injury or being cut. There's so many different things that can kind of derail you and you just don't want to feel like you just jumped off of a cliff and all of these things that you've been speaking to of just your mindset around a lot of that, just embracing the journey and knowing that you're where you're supposed to be and just having faith I think will help 
accept, you know, where you are. Yeah. It's crazy. All the changes that are going on, like teams are being dismantled. Like you never know. Mm -hmm. And like, you don't want to feel distraught in the sense, like you have nothing else. Like, no, you you have yourself, you have your sister, you have your sisterhood. You still have your, you still can dance. Like there's so many other dance opportunities out there. And I just really encourage all the girls to just like tap into everything that you love. Like if you love art, if you love music, if you love poetry, try to implement that now. So like when you're done, it's just adding value. Now we're adding more value. Now we're adding that I used to be, it's on my resume and now I'm still this and I'm still adding value to myself. And now I'm just even better than what I was. Like when I was an FL cheerleader, now I'm an entrepreneur. Now I'm a businesswoman, you know? That's awesome. So tell us a little bit more about your swim line, like the inspiration behind the designs. Like I just love your Instagram where you're like shooting on location in these fabulous places. It all looks so glamorous, but I know there's a lot of hard work, obviously, behind the scenes. But tell me about just all the things. So Mojita Mommy was inspired um, just really because honestly, I was very insecure about certain parts of my body and I know that as women especially in the field that we were in we're always being judged with our bodies you know we always have to be fit where one of my teams we had like a calendar shoot where we had to shoot in swimsuit and for me I have stretch marks and um I always associated stretch marks with being you know big or you know fat but that's not true like you can be lean Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's totally like not true. So growing up, that's kind of how I used to look at myself. Like, if you know me, you know, I'm not fat, but I know I wasn't fat, but I felt that way. You know, like internally, I would look at my stretch marks and be like, something's wrong with, with my skin. And um, it used to bother me. It used to bother me a lot. In a swimsuit, I was uncomfortable because it's on the side of my hips. So it comes out, it shows only when I'm in a swimsuit. If I have shorts on or pants, you can't see it. So swimwear was always my most uncomfortable wear. And I wanted to do something about it. I was like, listen, I just don't know what else to do because these these marks aren't going away. Like I tried the bio oil and the, this cream and that cream. And it's like, it's just there. It's going to be a part of me. You have to embrace it. So what helped me to embrace it was to slowly start wearing the swimsuits, to slowly start showing them in public like showing my stretch marks in public and being okay with it and the more that I did that the the more I was like okay I'm okay with it like it's it's not a big deal and the the cuter the swimsuit was it made it a little bit easier for me to feel a little more more confident to to take that leap so when I was finding my confidence within myself I was truly inspired to help women do that for themselves so that's kind of where the motivation to start the swim line came from and just to make sure that we have options, like I do polls sometimes. I don't know if you've seen them. And literally what I learned from the polls is there is no style. There is no color. There is no pattern. There is nothing that will fit anyone. Every woman said different things. Like it different didn't matter. She was size 2, 12, 16. Girls are like, we like plain because plain makes you look this. We like stripes. Oh, we don't like patterns. Oh, we like this. Oh, we don't like tie up strings. Oh, well, we like when it goes above the stomach high waist or, oh, we like wire. We don't like what it was all over the place. Like all <laughs> of the data was like all over. So it was like a scattered chart. And I just thought yeah. like, that tells me something. Like it tells me that you need variety. It tells me that 
we can't fit these swimsuits in a box because we're so different with our body types that you need just a bunch of different variety because these girls don't even like fit in a category like so it really helped me when I was starting the brand figure out that you're not gonna have a niche like there's not gonna be one swimsuit that fits all and that's just that's just what it is so I tried to make sure that all the swimsuits are different and I know in business that what one customer may like another may not and this is the business that I'm in like it's kind of like picking underwear we all have like a different like what we like what comfort you know like there's so many things that go into it so with like intimates like lingerie underwear swimwear it's the same thing so I try to keep that in mind and um, I try to offer obviously swimwear that makes women feel good confident sexy supportive put your fat out if you want it put your stretch marks out if you want to cover it up if you want it like whatever makes you feel good like if you want to cover up put it on if you want to show it take it off like we don't have any rules with that and that's the only way that we're going to be able to feel truly confident is if we just accept where we are and just embrace it so with mojita mommy i also encourage travel so a lot of the shoots are always like you know encouraging for women to go out and explore the world because it goes hand in hand like with exploring the world you learn so much about the the places the culture the people and then it also like humbles you a little bit it does something to Mm -hmm. your soul it changes your mindset and how you look at things and I don't know anyone who doesn't feel grateful after they go somewhere and travel so I put these locations together and these people and these models together to really promote diversity travel and body confidence self-love so all of that in a box is kind of like what I love to do and I recently just started a travel business so it's just like everything's coming full circle for me so it's just like so cool it's so much I'm like overwhelmed with like joy because literally when I say like put the life together that you want like yes one chapter which is NFL is over for me but like all these other chapters are opening and I still get to dance I still get to be a part of the community um mm-hmm. and it's great like I couldn't be happier like honestly 2021 has been one of my favorite years by far, wow. by far. I'm so excited and happy for you I think it's like inspiring you know when you talk to people who are just in a really really good place and they're just like exuding this inner joy and it just reaches through you and I yeah. love it I think it's really mindset in terms of what you're like you said, create the life that you want and know that you can have that. I want to say it's just that simple, but it is kind of that, that's where it yeah. starts, at, right? It, it's, it is that simple. There's going to be challenges. Like, honestly, I always thought I was going to retire Raider Ed. Like, that was my team. Like, when I say I love that team, I, I just felt home when I was cheering there. But it's all just embracing the new, adding value. So, you know, some of us, we have this idea of what we want to do. And like, oh, I'm going to have kids by this age. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have this job. We got to let that go. Do what you love. Create the life you want, but don't force it. Like, don't force it. Let your light kind of shine. And it's going to take you to the opportunities that was meant for you. So if, you know, if you're okay with that, you just got to let go. You know, I always try to tell my students, I'm like, just let it go. It's okay. Like, it's like, let's see what happens. Like sometimes when I'm dancing with them, I kind of tell them even with choreography, I'm like, let's just see what our body does. And like, we'll go from there. And it makes sense. Like 
plan everything out, but also be open to opportunities. And um, the chapter of NFL training was definitely interesting for me, but I also think it was something that I needed. And it, all the lessons that I learned there, I'm taking it on with me in this new endeavor and being a businesswoman and knowing that things always aren't going to go as planned and to be open-minded. I think that was a big lesson that I learned. Like, look how far it took me. And I had no idea. Like, it couldn't even see past showing up to an audition to support my friend. It's crazy. <laughs> and here you are. That yeah. is really, really, like I said, it's super inspiring. I love your mindset. I just am, like, soaking it in for myself even. I, it helps you stay optimistic because I know this has been, like, a rough time that we've all been living through with the pandemic and different, you know, social justice issues. And so I think you know, just in talking to different people that it's easy to be in a state of despair a little bit, or just this uncertainty ends up feeling more paralyzing than like freeing, like, oh, there's so many different opportunities that can come from it. So I really appreciate hearing your story because I think it's just going to light some fire under people to just be more open to where where this life will take you and, and what you really want out of it, what makes you happy. Because listening to what you're doing your your hands are in each and every one of the things that you've mentioned that actually bring you joy and I love your you know the way that you map that out and I think writing I think will get people so far of just kind of like writing down what you want you know visualizing whether it's vision boards or writing I just think setting out what your heart truly desires even if it sounds crazy or silly just put it down understanding like you said the pros and cons not even the pros yeah. and cons but kind of like what it is that you want and what environment will contribute and feed you in that way, I think is just such amazing advice. Dang, I wasn't, you, I love interviews because you really don't even know, like I have like bullets and ideas of questions, but then you don't know the <laughs> answers and then it turns into this amazing. You don't know where it takes you, see, you just gotta you let the interview go. <laughs> no, but I, I want to say one more thing. When it comes to writing yeah. things down, some people have a hard time because they don't know. Like a lot of girls will have, like, I really want to make the Arizona Cardinals. I really want to make it Arizona. Okay. Why? Like, let's think about why. And then when you finally make it, because I even know a girl on my team that thinks she tried out for 13 teams before she finally made ours. When you finally make it, you have to figure out what is the feeling that you're chasing? What are you trying to get from the team? You really want to get in these or you really want to dance. Okay. Besides dancing and getting on the team and cheering, what is the feeling? What brings you joy? And she's doing awesome. She ended up getting rookie. The girl I'm talking about, she ended up getting rookie of the year her first year after like 13 auditions. And it's crazy because she had all those no's. But when she finally starts saying like, what is my why? And I just watched her blossom from this rookie who, from there, yeah. who struggled to make a team and then made a team. You have to let go of all of what you think you want and really figure out what you really want. Like you really want to get on a team why what is the why and behind it like there has to be some type of love there has to be some type of passion there has to be some something else and that something else is just going to build as a woman you're going to continue to build and you're going to take that with you in your life and that's going to help you continue to build when you're done mm -hmm. keep that mm -hmm. with you keep that sacred um don't forget that why and kind of what brought you there and um i think that's what's special about each girl on every team is they all have something special to offer. And that's what makes each team unique. And so mm -hmm. when you're writing down what you want, when you're writing down the things that make you happy, make sure that that's why you're there every day. Make sure that when you go to another team and you're seeking to get on these proteins, that you have something that you're bringing to the table, that you're bringing your why with you. 
And um, that's I special. That. That's super special. And don't kill yourself trying to make a tea. <laughs> just be yourself. Like, honestly, it sounds so corny. Like we always say this, but like, just be you. And I say this so mm-hmm. much, but like, it matters. It tr- The judges can see past that. The, the girls, the veterans are going to see past that. If you're coming in as a rookie and you don't have a clue, they know. They see the they see the rookies kind of like, you know, and it's okay to still be figuring out, but make sure you have that with you. Like when you're writing your stuff down, because me, I had no idea. And when I got there, I'm like, okay, like this is what I, this is what I want. And I created like, literally it's crazy because I did the same thing I did in California. I'm doing it here in Florida. And now I'm doing it with so much more knowledge and so many more opportunities from other people like across the country. Like now I can go back to California and have that and come to Miami and have that. So I just feel like, you know, don't limit yourself and um, mm-hmm. take the leap, take the leap, pack your car up if you need to. If, if anyone, literally if anyone's listening and um, they need advice on moving or I have so many other girls who've done the same thing that I've done and they've reached out to me and we have like a little community. So if you're moving or you're okay. thinking about moving or you make a team, don't feel scared to reach out to any of us. You can DM us on Instagram and we're here for you. Like we know what it's like. We know we, I had to sleep on like air mattresses and couches until I figured it out. So mm-hmm. it, will, it will all pay off. It will all pay off. <laughs> well that's great that there's a community of you guys and that you're open to you know kind of being a resource because I know that when I first reached out to you that's <clears throat> one of the things that I thought like gosh going all the way from Oakland to Miami I mean that's a drastic change and especially hearing how it happened especially when those changes come so quickly any strategies to, as to how to do that because I think a lot of people might be too intimidated or scared of just all the other things that you're balancing and making that kind of a move and jump. And so do you have like, not even motivational speaking, but like being a writer, like, do you see any of that in your future? I feel like you're, this whole interview can just be little audio clips that I would be just Honestly, was thinking about a, I was thinking about a book. I was like, I need a book. Well, I do have pageant training. So I was, okay. I was Miss Black Sacramento Princess 2016. And then I was Miss Queen of Sacramento 2018. So I do okay. have a little bit of training in me, but really I like to speak from the heart, you know, and yeah. um, I feel like it's so much more relatable when you can be honest and real. And sometimes it's going to sound a little bit harsh, but I think people really resonate with that too, because mm-hmm. when you can see that someone's genuine, you're a little bit more receptive to it. So I don't do public speaking. <laughs> it's crazy, <laughs> but I am comfortable with speaking and I just truly yeah. like to speak from my heart and I want other women to, um, to know that about me that just like I truly want to see like women's empowerment is like literally my thing and I truly want to see women be successful and be the best them that they can be we all lean on each other because we all have moments where we don't feel our best and I think it's important to be strong and be loving to each other and be yeah. kind and humble and I try to keep that with me and all of my you know areas that I'm into all of my jobs I try to you know always have that mindset so um, I don't have any <laughs> quotes, but um, add value. Like that's literally my newest thing. I'm just like add value. Like if something's not adding value to your life, it has to go. 100%. I, I really love that. That will keep you just in a very, very happy space. And like you said, protect that and be plugged into that. Like your why. Like I loved everything that you said about that because that's what grounds you and that's what keeps you just centered and, and, and happy. 
keep that with you. I'm honestly so happy we got to do this. I feel like this, that's why I was like, I requested the day that I saw like, that was like the most recent because I'm like, I have to talk to her. Like we've been trying to talk for the longest and I'm always like, I'm always on the lives like, ah, (laughs) so much. I love every time. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I mean, you're commentary and using your voice and again like all your whole story I think is very inspirational and every time you chime in on the lives I'm like like, yes I just this was meant (laughs) to happen a long time ago but we're gonna get to know know you a little bit better if that's okay with you I know we have a couple more minutes so can we drop it like it's hot real quick and ask some lightning round questions okay yes we have yes I'm gonna probably freestyle a little bit too just because I feel inspired um you ready Mm mm-hmm Everybody's obsessed with your hair. What's your favorite styling product? Oh, that's so hard. Okay, like, honestly, it's not even just, like, one thing. I have to be one honest. Okay. Your hair, it will get used to stuff. So you got to kind of always be open to, like, switch okay, up. switch it up and then come back mm-hmm. to your favorite. I would definitely say the Mayel line is a new one for me, and I love it. Mixed Chick has always been my thing. Um, I would say the Garnier Fruitiques line is like super cheap, but like stiller, like you have to have that. Um, and I recently stopped using edge control. I know it sounds crazy, but I, to be honest with you guys, edge control has so much oil and just so many like harsh oils mixed together. Like if you look Mm -hmm. at the ingredients, there's so many oils. And when you're on the field and when you're dancing, all of that oil is kind of going on your face. So if you have any type of acne or you just like don't want to clog your pores, pores just yeah. I would recommend more of a gel, like an eco gel or more of a gel for your edges. So I want to say for my edges, ladies that love the natural hair edges, like be careful with um, dancing and yeah. having too much edge control because it has high oil. So pay attention to those. But yeah, I would definitely say the Mayel, the Mixed Chicks and the, the Garnier Fruitiques, like everyone's like your hair like when I walk by like your hair when I'm dancing doing hair your hair smells so good it's it's Garnier isn't it that everyone is like what and it's not the best in ingredients but for how the price is it will do the job um for hair care like quality like to care for your hair I would say Olaplex like you have to get the Olaplex shampoo Mm -hmm. and conditioner um I do have blonde highlights somewhere in there and uh, for like taking like care of your hair, I would definitely say do your Olaplex treatments in between and then use your like cheaper shampoos if you're just, you know, a quick style. So that's my tips. And then wrap your hair to keep from having to reapply so much to save, you know, product and save time. Because if you're not wrapping your hair, you're going to have to keep reapplying every day and then you'll have product buildup. So you'll have to use more product. You have to wash your hair more. You might have more stuff on your face, but I go to Radically Curly and they're in Vegas and I fly and I pay the money to go twice a year and she does the treatment, the color, and then I try to take care and maintain throughout the visit. So those are my go-to girls, my go-to products. Okay. I had to ask because your hair is just stunning and I'm all for like traveling for hair care or just the quality, the things. And like you said, the things your hair that make you happy. You gotta do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. And you have to keep one step ahead of your hair because like you said, it gets comfortable and then your favorite things will stop working. You're like, what the right. fuck's going Moving on? here to Miami, it, it was a different climate and that was an adjustment. Yes. The humidity would be like crazy. So like trying to figure out my hair here was different from, you know, California. So definitely that was like a big thing for me here. I'm glad I asked that. I got some products and I'm sure people will appreciate hearing about uh, what they can try. Okay, what was your favorite dance experience or performance while you were on a team? Hands down, Super Bowl with Miami Dolphins. We got to dance in this Super Bowl as um, field dancers for Shakira. It was insane. Like when I say I couldn't believe, like I was having like moments where I would just be like, is this real? Like, am I really about to do a Super Bowl perform? Like it was crazy. Was that the whole team that got to do it or just like select people? Did you audition? Like Uh, you audition. Okay. So um, it kind of started off like, Hey, this is an opportunity. You know, they're coming to town, whatever, whatever. And then whoever's available and you had to be available for three weeks for eight hour rehearsals. So it was like a really big commitment. A lot of girls have, you know, jobs where they just can't be available (laughs) for that long. I actually end up getting in trouble with my job. And I don't even care because I'm not there anymore. And that's the thing. Like, you just got to do what's best for you. So it's like, she was very upset. Like, my boss was very, very upset at all the time off that I requested for that. But like I told her, I said, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, once in a lifetime experience. And if you feel like that, you know, you need to take measures for me requesting so much time off, then I'm okay with that. And I took the time off. So I... Good for um, you. I love it. I took it and I did it. And she was so proud after and it's funny but like during she was giving me a hard time but um the girls who were available kind of signed up for an audition so that's kind of how it works so not the whole team went and then you auditioned and when you auditioned everyone from the community was like their open audition kind of like so there were other dance teams from the Miami area and there were um just individual girls just coming into auditions so the choreographers kind of picked and then you would audition for your spot like where you were standing as well so it was like intense yeah oh my gosh there were a handful of people that did it there were a good amount of girls I don't know the actual number but like anywhere between like 10 and 15 of us that actually did it once in a lifetime totally memorable up there and that was right before COVID hit so it was like ah, like I'm so like it happened in February, the code was March. So it was like, we did the last big performance. So big it was crazy. Yeah, that hands down my best. Second, I would say second best was when Raider Eds got to dance with, I forget her name. I really forgot her name. But um, some artist that's like, I think she's like a UK artist. We got to dance in London with her. And um, I was not mm-hmm. really familiar with her at the time either. But it was a cool performance because she was an artist. And um, she, we had like big stage fireworks in London. And it's London. Like, how could you not love dancing in London? So those are my two oh. favorites for sure. Oh, my gosh. Well, two amazing things. Super Bowl performance. Cheering in a Super Bowl is one thing. Performing in a Super Bowl halftime show with someone as legendary. I mean, yeah, come on. I didn't get Aaron. to cheer. And I was like, oh, the 49ers get to cheer, <laughs> but it was great. It was great. We got to meet the girls from both teams actually, um, and take a picture and we had appearances with them throughout the week. So 
it was great. Like it was, even though we weren't like in the Super Bowl, we still got to experience so many things and we didn't get to cheer, but we got to dance and we got to actually do so many appearances with the cheer teams for the two um, Super Bowl teams. And that was great. That was fun. I had a great time. That's awesome. Hosting the Super Bowl has to bring its perks for the local cheerleaders, whether in the game or not. So, so cool. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Who is your favorite musical performer that dances? Beyonce and homecoming like I could watch homecoming any night of the week like the homecoming performance just everything it embodied it represented like with black culture with the HBCU colleges that she used the dancers the quality of the work that every detail that she just put in that body of work I'm just amazed with that and I just respect her artistry so much she's really truly a a performer like she's everything yeah yeah yes yes okay uh, let's see, which actress would play you in your biopic? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I don't know. I never thought about that. I literally don't know. Hmm. If it comes I know back who to- I would want to be. Like, if I was an actress, like, who I would want to be. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I answer that one. Like a, I want to be like a Taraji. Like, I love her. Yes. yes. I love I just her. watched the I love her too. I just watched the Mary J. Blige special on Amazon last night. And there's just something about her. She was speaking just about how Mary touched her with her music and everything. But there's something about Taraji that just pulls you in, period. She's just awesome. And she's just so spicy. And like, I don't know, I just love her. Yes. Okay. Favorite pizza topping? Artichokes. That sounds crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love, 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 love. It's okay, like exotic. What? I don't know. Like if you have an artichoke on your pizza, I feel like you're kind of bougie. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so what else <laughs> is on that pizza with artichokes? Like they put like olives and like okay. maybe some peppers. Like I'm, I don't okay, really eat. a veggie meat. one that's. Yeah. I don't really eat meat, so I'm bit. definitely a veggie pizza girl. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, on the scale of one to 10, how good of a driver are you? 10? 10. Okay. Ten for sure. I've got a sure. few accidents, but they were never my fault. So I ten. Ten. Okay. My <laughs> uh, favorite childhood TV show. I would say like Cheetah Girls. I mean that's a movie, but like that's so Raven, Cheetah Girls, Mary Kay, Ashley. Okay. That was my thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Some of these you've answered just from our awesome conversation, but just a couple more. I'm going to have to ask this one. If you were, because you're such a positive person that would never get arrested. But if you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Probably like try to sneak into another country or something like. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Like crossing a border? Yeah. Like trying to go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like Sierra's out of here she probably tried to like then have to come and get me from a jail somewhere in like a Portugal or somewhere I don't know <laughs> I would be like a holdover person that should have left the country but loved someplace so much that just decided to stay and then get caught and deported or something crazy right. like that yeah yeah no totally sure. right. <laughs> um okay last one because we've talked so much about different issues over Instagram land but what, if anything, would you change about the pro cheerleading industry? Um, you know what? There's so much, but I would say the biggest thing that I would change right now that I think would be the, the best with like beneficial is 
some type of unity between like all the teams, like some standard. I know we talk about that a lot with unionizing, but holding all of the teams to certain standards so that we can have an overall like standard, like how the football play, like the organization and the unions for the players, like there's a standard for them that protects them. And I really think we need that as cheerleaders. And if you had that, then you can kind of take care of those little things and go down the list. But like half the time, we never even talk to other cheer teams to see what's going on. So just having some kind of standard for all of us together. So that way the girls can communicate and find out what the needs even are. Um, And I'm so happy with all these different platforms going on right now to give them an opportunity to do that and know that, you know, a lot of us are going through the same things and we're all kind of in it together and it will create a bigger community as well. Well, you know, I agree completely and wholeheartedly, but there's so many benefits that can come from it in a very, very beautiful way because you, like you said, we're all connected and whatever the highest standard is in the league, if other teams can elevate to match that. um, So this is the ultimate experience for everybody I think it's really could be a very beautiful thing that could happen yeah. in the world so well I appreciate that question I appreciate you Sierra thank seriously you. thank you so much it's so fun and I'm this so glad fun. it popped up as quickly as it did on the calendar all I need is an episode title but I swear it's going to be like some some let go kind of vibes you know let it flow right like just, and it yeah. almost gives you a little bit of hope too just with like everything going on it's like so many changes when the article came out and I just, honestly, I felt so liberated when the article came out because it was just like, yes. And I put my name, like, I'm not, yeah. like, it just felt so good. And like, now I just have so much more hope. And I really hope that the article and our cheer community, just with everything going on right now, that it encourages more women, especially the women who are still on the teams to really do the same thing. And I hope we stepped up. Like, I'm really honestly so proud of all of the girls who are part of the article um especially Candace for being the face I'm so proud of everyone for coming together and we didn't even know that we were all doing it but to see how many girls it's even you like it's so crazy and I'm just so proud of us like we deserve that moment because we've been holding on to a lot of feelings for so long and communicating with each other on the low so just to have it public on such a huge platform yeah it's just amazing. Like, honestly, I just hope it continues. The conversation continues and more girls, like I said, even the younger girls who are like, I know we talk about it, like 18, 19 coming in, they see what we're doing and they're looking up to us. And I think we're doing a great job as former, as current, as leaders in the pro dance world. I feel like we're doing such a great job. So I just want to say thank you all the girls and thank you to you for doing your awesome work that you do and keeping this community open and full of love we appreciate it we do oh thank you so much I'm second all of that like I was so pumped like you said just seeing everybody that ended up being a part of it and just that that courage and that strength to speak your mind and have your thoughts and opinions out there I think it speaks volumes and I was so proud of everybody and I hope it touches so many people and I'm glad that everybody gets a chance to get to know you a little bit more and if you have not learned something or felt something from this episode I don't know what's wrong with you so many gems so thank you so much for sharing your story I'm thank you this is so fun I'm so glad well thanks for taking the time to do this thank you so much take care Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter, 
We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.